Well, after a little bit of a break from that last episode, the Lord put something on my heart to say. Yeah, I know this sounds weird. Like some of the episodes, it's very geeky and nerdy and, well, also foul mouth because I can't think straight if I don't put something. If it's not curse words, it's a bunch of ums and ahs. Though I will try to try not to during anything relating to a sermon or God. It's just, uh, I don't necessarily believe that the words are evil, but it is not the best speech to use, especially when doing things in honor and respect. And, of course, you honor and respect the Lord. Um, so pay attention to the title of this. Um, these, when I do a sermon, I, I know I should be in a separate podcast, but I label it Sermon Time, and that is to let everyone know what this is. This is a sermon. This is not going to be about video games or movies, uh, though it could relate to them in some way. I might use them as an example. But it isn't going to be about um, the fun stuff or even necessarily the bad stuff or talking about uh, my, my personal woes in a deep reflective sort of way or philosophy. or Basically, this isn't the, the regular stuff that I do. I label this sermon time. It is literally a sermon because despite me not wanting to be part of a church or a pastor, I figure I need to give in to whatever I'm being pushed towards to speak, to actually do good and spread the word and, well, put my money where my mouth is. So when the Lord puts something on my heart, um, I have to speak it. Now to anyone listening to this who is secular, atheist, agnostic, or non-Christian in any way, that's all probably sounds crazy to you. And okay, that's totally fine. Uh, if you don't want to listen to this, that's okay. Uh, I'm not going to be against that. This is the, one, the way that you get people into listening about God or religion or anything is to not beat them over the head. If you just want to listen to the funny stuff, the the new stuff, or even the, the depressing stuff or whatever, you want to listen to me be an idiot and have fun and, and, and things, then go do that. I label stuff accordingly. If you don't want to listen to anything about God, if it angers you if for whatever reason, it's something in your past, then you don't have to listen to it. If you're interested, listen. I, I don't hold anything against you. Um, you can be a fan of this show and listen to every show except this one, and I'll be totally fine. I'd recommend that you at least try. Maybe there's something you need to hear because, of course, I'm going to do that. That would be pointless for me not to, um, you know. But I understand. It's not, this isn't for everyone. And not everyone has to listen to it. And while it's important, it's not necessarily all for you. Like, um, these words aren't necessarily mean to be heard by you. Or maybe in this moment, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, I don't know. Lord works in mysterious ways on that good stuff. But I'm a Christian, a practicing Christian, a believing Christian, and I have to put my money where my mouth is. And this, and that I believe in these words, and I feel that if I have a platform, however small, I need to use it. Um, I don't think anyone would give me a church, and I don't want a church. I, uh, I even think this is going a little bit too far. I have no qualifications. I have nothing. Um, and I'm scared about all of it. I'm scared about being how accountable I'll be held because I am not a perfect person. And I know that speaking the word, whether anyone hears it or not, that I'll be held to that um, greater. But I also know that I do know better anyway. 
so I'm probably already going to be held to it. But when I have things that are put upon my heart that I need to say, I need to get out there for people to hear them, I need to say them. So every Sunday or so, maybe twice a week, on Wednesday, stuff like that, we'll have something like this. And it's not always, it's not going to be dry and boring. It can be fun. And, and sometimes it's going to be me yelling at people, which might be today, because I'm, I'm upset. I'm very upset um, because people are dying. Needlessly, people are dying. We are experiencing a plague, a virus, a pandemic. And whether it is brought on by ourselves, whether it's brought on by random nature, or it is brought on by the Lord, we are experiencing it. Now, here's the fun thing about this, is we live in the time of grace. This is not the Old Testament. This is not doom and gloom. This is not when God would go, you're doing that? Okay, I don't like it. Strike you down. And even then, you know, when we read the words, we think it's happening like that. And a lot of times it's not. Like with Sodom and Gomorrah, it was months and months and months. And also led to years up to that point. And also, we're not destroyed for what we think. It's taught that because of gay stuff, which is not true, is because they treated strangers poorly. They treated immigrants poorly. They wanted to rape them. This all ties back to treat strangers kindly for they may be angels in disguise. That is why they were destroyed. They were evil. Had nothing to do with who it was. Had nothing to do with the, the gender of who it was to. Had to do what they were doing. Rape is evil, and they were also doing it, especially to the immigrants, to show domination, to show force. That is evil, and the Old Testament, especially, is very, very. You know, it's funny. The Old Testament is seen as like a conservative haven. It's seen as the the very strict and doom and gloom. But when it comes to how you treat immigrants, how you treat the aliens, how you treat the people that are not of your tribe, the Old Testament is very, very, very clear that you treat them better than you treat their own pe- your own people. For if you don't, it is an act against God, and it will lead you to ruin. Very, very clear. It does not say to close off your gates. It says to open them to all, to welcome them with open arms. We're not going to talk about that. That is a much longer and different and angrier sermon. Today we're going to talk about COVID-19. And I know that's what everyone's talking about in this doom and gloom. And this isn't exactly doom and gloom. This is something that may be preaching to the choir a lot. But if one person hears this that is of this thinking, this thinking that I'm about to talk about, and hears this and changes their ways, or at least thinks about it, then good has been done. And that is, people are not taking the quarantine, the self-isolation, the social distancing seriously. Especially people of evangelical faith. And that is horrible. They believe that God will take care of them. And this is true. God will take care of you. But God also gave you common sense. God also gave you the ability to discern things, to look at the world and what's going on, and to say, maybe I shouldn't do this or that, to disseminate good from evil, right and wrong. If someone comes at you with a gun and aims it at your head and pulls the trigger 
and is go well not pull the trigger is going to pull the trigger and you know it is not an if and or but situation they are going to pull the trigger in 10 seconds countdown from 10 now god could stop that bullet in its tracks and you could believe that you could believe that and it could stop that bullet in its tracks the gun could jam or whatever but this is not a situation where you are stuck this is not a situation where you have no other choice to just rely on faith now faith can move mountains and i do believe that but god uses the world around us he gives us out we have not only the laws of physics we have the laws of man we have all of these things and the lord uses these things more often than not he can do the miraculous he can do the sort of magic for lack of a better word but more often than not he uses what's available what's available to us puts it it's like a domino effect it's cause and effect but this gun is going to go off in 10 seconds if you do not move it is going to kill you but you're not trapped you can move you can go anywhere you don't have to run you don't have to sprint it ain't very fast it's a 10 second countdown you can literally just walk and go away and then the gun will fire if you stand there in ignorance believing well nothing bad's going to happen to me because god's going to protect me and there is a difference between living in ignorance and believing that and not caring and believing that in faith there's two different things most people go in it and believing in ignorance because when it comes to actual life and death scenarios do these same people that go i don't need to wash my hands or i can just go to church and i can do this and i can go screw around and do whatever and god will take care of me i'll be fine put those people in that situation are they going to say the same thing no they're going to walk they're going to run they're going to dodge they're going to do whatever they can to get out of the way of that bullet and they would go, of course I would, because it's a bullet and it's going to kill me. This is the same thing. This is the exact same thing. You do not have strong faith. You do not have great faith. What you have is ignorance. And what you have more of is the fact that you just don't care. You do not care about yourself and you don't care about your family. You don't care about your fellow man. For those that say, well, God could do the miraculous, right? And he can. Why wouldn't he just keep us for his followers? Well, I would say to you that a lot of his followers just straight up die from horrible things all the time. But also, Matthew 3.12 says, For when they returned to their own land, they did not go through Jerusalem to report to Herod, for God warned them in a dream to go home another way. This is talking about the wise men who went to see Jesus when they came back. When they went back to their own land, they didn't go through Jerusalem. God told them not to. Did he send an angel? Was it a big flare? It was in a dream. That's like what the dream was. It says it was a dream, a warning of some sort. It said, do not go that way. And they didn't go that way. It was a warning. His hair was on a killing spree. Later in Matthew 3.13, it says the angel of the Lord appeared. Now this one, it does say it appeared. It said Joseph in a dream, but again a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the baby and his mother, the angel said, and stay there until I tell you to return, for King Herod is going to try and kill the child. Now, part of this is to fill prophecy, because later they go to Egypt, and after Egypt they go to Nazareth. That is why he will be known as Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> but couldn't God have just killed Herod, taken his life? Couldn't he have made all the assassins, the people looking to kill him? Couldn't he have he just stopped them? 
changed his mind on all this? Yes, he could have, but there's also free will. But what did God do instead? He gave Joseph a dream and said, leave, get the hell out of here. Get out of Dodge, leave, run as fast as you can, go hide in Egypt until I tell you to get out of there because Jesus is going to be killed if you don't. This is the Son of God. This is when all the magic and the miraculous stuff is supposed to happen. If anyone is going to be protected, it is the Son of God. Not one of the followers, it is the Son of God. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Lord and Savior. Right? Did he protect him with angels? Did he protect him with fire and brimstone? A force field? No. He told his daddy, or his stepdaddy, said, hey, wake up. You need to get out of here. So what is that supposed to tell you? It tells you that you thinking that because you don't care that God will just protect you at all times. Because there is a difference than truly believing that. Because I do truly believe that. But the Lord also says to pray over your food. Not just to thank Him, but to bless it. For it could be contaminated. It also tells you to wash your hands. The Jewish custom of washing your hands, which they got on Jesus and His disciples a lot about. But Jesus said they already prayed over it, so it was fine. But they believed in cleanliness, and kosher was all about cleanliness. Because all of these laws, every single one of them, had nothing to do about purity or being holy. It had to do about Staying alive. He couldn't explain to them what germs and diseases and things were other than what they knew because these people didn't know. Think about the dumbest person you know now. This is not to make fun of them or anything, but a person who has just very little intelligence is probably smarter than the smartest person then. We're talking thousands of years ago. So he gave them laws, very important laws to keep them alive, and they had to heed those. But a lot of times he did do miraculous stuff. He did. But he didn't there. But the Lord doesn't just put signs and dreams. He puts signs all around us. He tells us to judge people by the fruit of their spirit. Which is how anyone that can support this president, I have no idea. Because if you judge him by the fruit of his spirit, I don't mean judge him or whether or not he's going to get heaven or hell. I'm talking about if he's going to be a good leader. If he's a Christian or good or not. Not whether he should be loved or forgiven. But by the fruits of his spirit, just as we are told by Christ himself, how can you support him? You can't. You can't and be a Christian. You can try to call yourself a Christian. Say that you believe in these words, but you can't. Because the Bible literally says, and if you try to say that God appoints leaders, well, King Herod was a king. And he tried to kill Jesus. He's talking about a bad guy. Another king killed John the Baptist. The Pharisees were leaders, and so were the Sadducees. They killed Jesus, Pontius Pilate. Nero. They are not appointed by God, for it says, I believe in Daniel. I didn't actually write this one down. It's for they let kings and princes without my knowledge or without my consideration. We like to say a lot of things are of God that aren't, that have nothing to do with the Lord. We do that all the time. But there are people of higher intelligence, of not just in this country, not just in a, a White House or a building or whatever, but all over the world. 
And it is for us, God gives us intelligence and a brain to use critical thinking, not just to accept everything we hear. I'm not saying to accept everything you hear from one side or the other. But God gives you the ability to disseminate. To trust one side over the other is wrong just because they're one side. But to use critical thinking, to not believe in conspiracy, and if you come across something that seems conflicting, to pray about it and actually seek God. But intelligence is a good thing. And when the rest of the world and these world leaders, or not just their leaders, but the people that are telling us about a disease, are telling us to take shelter, to stay away, to do all these things, and you just go, nah, I'm okay because God's got my back. You are not only spitting in their face, but you're spitting in the face of God. Because you are not heeding the words of God. You're not heeding his words. He tells us to listen to teachers, to listen to those of intelligence. Not all of us are meant to be teachers, to be preachers and all of that. Some of us are meant to listen and do other things. Some are meant to be carpenters. Some are meant to be actors. Some are meant to be doctors. But when someone is meant to be a doctor and God puts that with them and you trust them and they tell you something, trust them. It's okay to go to God and look over to God and go, hey, is this okay to pray? It's also okay to get a second opinion. But you know what's not okay? To when a doctor goes, you have cancer. If we don't operate now, you're going to die. To go, nah, I'm okay. And to think that you're going to be fine out of ignorance because you're scared. You're going to die and you're going to cause all kinds of pain to your family. Now, if it's actual faith or God is telling you that, then more power to you. But that doesn't happen that often. If God tells you not to take treatment, then that's one thing. But that does not happen that often. But most people aren't going to say, no, whatever, whatever, and all that's fine. They're actually going to take the treatment. They're going to do whatever they can to clean their life because when faced with an actual life or death situation that they know, that's, that you can't, it's hard to wrap cancer or a bullet up in politics. But this has been. Because, oh, we think it only kills old people, which is not true. It's killing young people as well. It's actually affecting us a lot harder than we thought because we didn't know a lot about this this virus. In the United States, most of the people on ventilators right now are in their 40s or below. But this is not about me being mad at the president. I pay taxes, by the way, and every dollar that I get off of this, if I get any at all, it also gets taxes pay off, uh, taken out of it and ties as well. I pay taxes on everything, so I can say whatever I want. This is not a church. I pay taxes, I vote, I can speak it. But this is not me just being mad about him. Because I could rant all day and read scripture after scripture about how he is an evil man. I'm not going to say whether or not he's going to heaven or hell. That is not my place. And I hope he is able to find peace, to find the Lord. And I would love for him to do it while in the White House because he could do so much good. But I don't think that's going to happen. But regardless of all that, this is about you. This is about the individual people doing these things. Because even if this disease isn't going, or this virus isn't going to hurt you, it's going to hurt others. If you do not heed these warnings from the people who have studied, and it's not just one guy, it's thousands of doctors and scientists who have, who have spent their whole lives doing this. If you do not heed their warnings, you are putting other people in danger and you are killing people and the blood is on your hands. And if you don't think that won't be brought up in the end, you're wrong. Because the Lord's going to bring it up. And whether or not he decides where you go in the end, 
I'm not going to speak to that, but the immense guilt that you're going to feel. Because it's one thing to deny it now. You will not be able to deny it in front of the Father. Because how could you deny it? You could try, but you're not going to be able to. But I know why a lot of people are denying, ignoring all the advice, all the warnings. Because not only do they trust this idiot in the office, but there is this idea of the highly intelligent being against them, and that's not true. Simply not true. Because in Proverbs 1 7 it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. By you not heeding their words, by you turning your back on them because you think there's some kind of agenda, by you going against the professors and the doctors and scientists, you are literally going against God. Proverbs calls you a fool. Not because of your actions or even your intelligence, but because you despise wisdom and instruction. For that you are a fool and against God. And that's aside from the whole, you know, you could hurt people. This virus is serious. It is serious. Whether it is a plague brought on by God for our misdeeds or anything, which I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think that, especially since we live in the time of grace. A random chance or whatever. That doesn't matter. If we want to stop this thing, if we want to help the people who can't help themselves, which is not just the old, which by the way, aren't we supposed to take care of our elders? Be better to them? Doesn't mean don't stand against them if they're wrong, but we're supposed to take care of them. All of them, to help the poor and the needy, which, by the way, the immune compromised. Anyone who's been on chemo, who's had surgery, who was born with defects, autoimmune diseases, anything that makes their immune system below average, they're at risk. And because of your ignorance, because of your unwillingness to cooperate, because you don't think there's a problem, because you think it's going to be over in a week or two, because of this, you have killed them. You can't call yourself a follower of peace, of love, and all of that. Of Christianity, of Jesus, whose literal thing, the thing that he did was self-sacrifice. And you can't just stay at home, be bored for a little while. That's not much of a sacrifice, because what's going to come in the coming weeks and the coming months is going to require sacrifice, and it's going to be put upon you whether you like it or not. we could have done this in the beginning and it would not have been that big of a sacrifice we could have saved so many lives and we could have avoided an outbreak but because of this it's going to get worse and we're already past the point of no return but we can mitigate it and keep it from getting as bad as it can get but if we keep thinking we're going to be fine we're not going to be Proverbs one, two, it says to know wisdom and instruction is to perceive the words of understanding. And three, it says to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Four, it says to give subtly to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. And then five, it says a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So that counsel means that not only are you wise yourself, but you are seeking the counsel of people who are also wise, who also know better the doctors and the scientists and everybody else. 
Because it's not just about you. It's not just about you. Because you may be fine. But you may not be. You may not be. But even there, you're going to pray it. Or not pray it. You're going to spread this to others if you catch this. Because it's highly infectious. And their deaths will be on your hands. It's one thing to spread it and not mean to do it. It's another thing to spread it and you didn't care. Because if I spread it and I had it and I didn't know and I didn't mean to and I went to every step that I could to avoid it, their death is not on my hands. But if I went out and said, yeah, screw it, I'm going to do this and whatever and go touch people and shake hands and they die, I am responsible. I am responsible. You are responsible. And the fact that God's name is being used to justify this inaction, this ignorance, this vile stupidity just angers me to no end. And obviously, he don't like it either. I'm trying to find the other scriptures that I had saved up, but it reset my page. Uh, no, not the ambush. Oh, come on, where was it? I think it's on this other page. Well, it reset that page too. Cool. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. doesn't mean all advice is right, but it means to listen. What did it say earlier? It said to seek counsel, even if they were already wise and intelligent. It's like King Solomon. To seek that advice. To heed it. Proverbs 19.27 says, Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. That doesn't sound good. Proverbs 18.13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Basically means you're an idiot. You've already made up your mind. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. You don't care about what the information is. You don't care about the people you hurt. You just care about you. Which, that's not very godly. That's not very Christian. Proverbs 5, 1 through 23, it says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep your discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. I believe Sheol, if we look, can either be translated as hell, Hades, or just death in general. Incline your ear to my understanding. Keep the discretion. Guard the knowledge. Attentive to my wisdom. What is this all about? Again and again and again, it's to listen to the wise. Not just assume you're the wisest. To listen to the advice. To heed it. And also seek God. 
We have to understand this. This is not a time to be screwing around. People are dying, and it's going to get worse. The body count is going to get higher. And if I could persuade you to vote for better people, I would. But right now, the prescient thing is to follow the advice, to follow the rules. The World Health Organization, they have not been leading us astray to see what's going on, to not ignore it, to not think it's fake news or some crap like that, but to actually listen to the advice because you're running out of excuses. You have no one but yourself to blame, and the blood will be on your hands. Especially when you're using the Lord, when you're using God to justify your actions. Philippians 2, 4 says, Let each of you look not only to seek his own interest, but also the interest of others. Right there, what I say, this may not hurt you, but it is going to hurt other people because you spread it. That is the interest of others. Not just your own interest, but the interest of others to think about your common man, your brother, your sister, everyone, your neighbor. To think in love. Stay inside. Distance yourselves. May not affect you or your family, but you're going to affect someone in their family if you don't do this. This is going to kill people. This has killed people, and it's going to kill more people. And the only way to mitigate it, to make that number smaller, is to do the right thing. Do not steal. Do not be crude. Do not be rude. Do not be hateful. Do not hoard. That's gluttony and greed. Get what you need. A supply. A month's supply. That, that's pretty good. But do not hoard. Help out. Do not seek your own interest, but also seek the interest of others. We can do this. Lord is still with us. He's going to help us. But you have to listen. You have to listen. You have to listen to the advice. God does not put all the signs out there. He's not going to come down and slap you upside the head and go, Idiot, do this. He doesn't always do that. His signs can be in dreams. As we've seen in the Bible, these are dreams where an angel of the Lord comes down and goes, Hey, get up. But also these are dreams that need to be interpreted. Remember Joseph and his coat of many colors? Dreams that need to be interpreted. It's not always going to be a burning bush or a giant miracle or a symbol. Sometimes it can literally be a road sign. Sometimes it can be something said on the radio. Sometimes it can be literally what I'm saying. A sermon. It doesn't have to be a whole sermon, but something in it. The news. If you're feeling conflicted or convicted, pray about it. Actually seek it in prayer. But right now... Heed the officials. Science, especially medical science, does not go against God. It never has. If it ever tries, it is proven wrong. They always prove themselves wrong. But they never try to go against God. They're not trying to prove Satan. They're not trying to help him. We believe that intelligence, that science, that math, that all these things are against God and they're not. And you can literally read the Bible where it says that intelligence is of God and is good and wisdom is good and is wise to seek the wisdom of others and to heed the vice, advice of teachers. Jesus was called Jehovah, which means teacher. 
If you do not do this, you will lead not only yourselves but others to ruin. And God cares about you, but he is not mad because of the ruin you've led yourself. He will be angry with you because of the ruin that you've led to others who could not fend for themselves, who needed you to fend for them. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to fight for them. You just simply need to not be around them. It's easy. It's easy. And on the church thing, if you're afraid that God's going to be mad you go not go to church, I don't understand that. You think he doesn't know what's going on in the world? If you even look at the laws, the old laws, and the, the Torah, which we call the Old Testament, there are exceptions for sickness, for death, for children, for the ill, the old. All these exceptions because not everyone can do this when it comes to fasting. Well, uh, certain children can't do it if they're sick or they're old or this or that. You can't do this. If I even look at stricter religions like Islam, there are always exceptions for those who can't. This is an exception. It says, do not forsake the gatherings of yourself. Not being there because it's going to kill you or kill other people is not forsaking it. And by the way, we can gather in many different ways. There are live streams. You can FaceTime. You can do everything. And a gathering does not have to be a church. A gathering, a, a church, a sermon does not have to be under one roof. It does not have to be in a temple. Or something with a cross on it. It's literally this podcast. It is, he says, two or three gathered in my name. It can be you and your partner. You and your family, your kids. That's it. And worship is more than just listening. It can literally just be singing. It can be any of that. If that's what you need, then that's what you get. Turn on the TV. You know how many preachers there are on the TV? How many sermons are going on? All of that. TV, radio, YouTube, the whole internet. There's so many ways that you can do this. There, You have no excuse. And even if there weren't those ways, you could still have church at the house. You could just sit and read and study. That is worshiping God. Talk about it with your family. Have a discussion. That is worshiping God. This is not worth putting people at risk. Which is why God put those exceptions and those rules and told you not to do this. He would not have you have a sermon inside of a burning church. Or teach people knowing it would kill them. Maybe you, but not everyone else. Because it's about being there for the weak the people. It's about self-sacrifice, not the sacrifice of others. It's not about personal gain. It's about seeking the gain of others. Stay away. Stay indoors. Obey the law. Listen, the government is not always going to be right, especially the federal government now, but they're starting to kick it into gear. But you don't have to know why everything is happening. You don't have to. And if something doesn't seem right, pray about it, research it, do this, but get multiple sources. Don't don't go down the conspiracy theory wagon. Don't listen to Fox News ever. That's not just an opinion where I can prove them factually wrong on just about everything. But if you really want to know, pray to God. Don't half pray. Don't pray once. I mean, seek his counsel. Read his word. Because I bet I have read some scriptures to you that you've never read before, that you've never heard before about the wisdom and intelligence. The washing of the hands to be clean. 
those things, those those old laws would help us a lot right now. The social distancing of, of disease, because they would put the disease in places. They wouldn't gather around them. They wouldn't get close together. They would try to put them in places. Now, that wasn't always great, like with leper colonies and stuff like that, but they would try to mitigate it from the rest of the people. I mean, they would send the doctors and the healers, and they would go to that. Even with Jesus, they would do that. But it, we have to mitigate this. Using religion as an excuse not to is not an excuse. And it's wrong. It is blasphemy. And you know it. You're only doing it because you don't care. You're not doing it for the greater good or for the glory of God. You're doing it because you don't care and you don't want to be told what to do. And it serves some personal agenda. That's why. Because you never cared. It's not about compassion or love. You've never cared. And if this is speaking to you and if it's convicting you, good. People are dying. It's not time to screw around. It's not time to go, well, I could do this or I could do that. No. Does this mean don't go to the store and don't stock up and stay at home and starve and, and hurt? No, especially if you have family. No, go there. But be careful. What it means is don't go out partying all day. Don't be go screwing around. Don't be doing things. Don't be going to huge church services. Those should all be canceled anyway. And a lot of stuff you can't do because the state has already taken it away. Like in Texas, we've closed it all down. Bars, restaurants, or anything like that. No school. They're making sure because it's not worth it. Death is not worth it. Unless it is to die to save someone else. But right now you're living to kill someone else. And that is not worth it. It's not taking away your freedom. It's about self-sacrifice, not the sacrifice of others. And this is not that big of a sacrifice. There are bigger sacrifices coming. There are those who have to sacrifice more than you could even imagine right now just to get by. This is not that big of a sacrifice. To not touch hands, to wash your hands thoroughly, to not go around, to try to work from home. Now, if your business isn't complying and doing all that, I, I get that. God's not going to judge you for that. I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not talking about that. But if you run a business and you're forcing your employees to show up and you're not caring about what the government says or what the World Health Organization says or what all the people who know better than you say because you want to make a quick buck, yeah, if you think that ain't going to come up, you're wrong. Because there's quite a few scriptures about greed and rich men going to hell. Serving God or serving money, for you cannot serve the table of two masters, you serve one or the other. Doesn't say hell, doesn't say the devil, doesn't say evil, doesn't say the flesh. It says you either serve God or serve money. I'm tired of people dying, getting sick, and suffering because we are too ignorant to help them. Because we don't care, because we lack compassion. And it even worse when we use God to justify this lack of compassion, this lack of just not caring and this ignorance. I'm sick of it. He's sick of it as well. Or else he, the Holy Spirit would not have put this on my heart. And I believe that's all I have to say for the day. So go with God. Genuinely pray. And I pray that right now that God be with everybody, that he bless everybody, that he bless this nation, that he bless this world, that he be with us all. Because we need him now more than ever. Because the repercussions of this are going to be vast. And they're going to be grand. They're going to be very long-lasting. And we need him and we need to seek him. And every decision that we make and everything that we do, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Be with the weak, be with the suffering, be with the sick, be with those who are experiencing the worst times, the hardest times right now. Be with us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was your 40-minute sermon. And we prayed. Or I prayed. But seriously, be blessed, have a blessed day, and go with God.